Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Arena of Aretheus podcast. I am Al Basler, a.k.a. Aretheus, and it has been a while, I know. Um, really, I didn't know if I was going to be doing another episode of the podcast, and this kind of came up through my Twitch stream. The uh, link is on the, on the screen here, also in the description if you're listening on Spotify. And so I explain a little bit, but one of my, one of my viewers on Twitch redeemed a channel point redemption to have a non-gaming stream. And he chose a, um, a podcast style stream and he wanted me to do a Pokemon retrospective. We have, uh, at the time I'm recording this, it's, uh, November 17th. So I'm hoping, hoping to get this out, you know, within the next day during and tomorrow is the launch of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the new games. So <clears throat> the timing is fitting and yeah, so we're just going to run down, you know, Basically, the idea is my history with Pokemon, and I've been playing since, you know, just about the very beginning. And we're going to get into it all, so I'm not going to get into it here. Uh, we, I did this live on Twitch, so the, uh, the rest of this, you know, I'm recording this after the fact. The rest of the, uh, the actual discussion is live on Twitch, so I respond to some of the viewer comments as we go. Uh, this was also a long one. The stream went for about three and a half hours. I was amazed. I didn't think it was going to go that long. And it did. So uh, we're going to be splitting this into two episodes. And yeah, so without further ado, let's just get right into it. So here is our live stream discussion of all things Pokemon from the beginning up until the release of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Hope you enjoy, guys. Welcome back to the arena, guys. And today... As we mentioned, we are going to be doing a Pokemon retrospective. We're doing this live on Twitch, so we're going to have some uh, audience precipitation, as the late, great Harry Chapin used to say. And we're going to get some feedback from you guys. And the idea here, this was this was a, an idea that was pitched by Myth Revan. He cashed in channel points on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Aretheus, if you're watching this after the fact on YouTube or listening on Spotify and he cashed in points for a non-gaming stream and decided that he would like me to do a Pokemon retrospective. For those of you who don't know, maybe you're either new to the stream or new to, to the podcast. Cause I haven't talked about it much on the podcast. When I started streaming on Twitch, I was primarily a Pokemon streamer. I shouldn't say primarily, I should say exclusively. I was exclusively a Pokemon streamer. Um, I primarily focused on on bat on doing competitive battles and that stuff, and eventually I got a little bit burned out on it, and then started to branch out into more of a uh, variety sort of stream. And we've gone back to Pokemon here or there. I've always uh, I've always enjoyed a good Pokemon battle. So, with the impending release, and as we're recording this, it is the day before the launch of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the new Generation 9 Pokemon games. Uh, Revan seemed to think it would be a good idea to do uh, the, the history of Pokemon as told by Aretheus. So here we are. Um, Flare, Flaring Flame says, Precipitation. Yes, that was not a misspeak. That's what uh, Harry Chapin used to say sometimes in his concerts. He would ask for certain parts uh, where he would ask for the audience to participate, but he would call it audience precipitation because you know, 
That's what he he, he wanted. The, he wanted the audience to sweat. <laughs> so it's good. I loved it. Harry Harry Chapin. Oh man, I uh, I don't want to get into too much of a, a tirade. I'm, I I was introduced to Harry Chapin through my father. He was a big Harry Chapin fan, and there was at one point when I was younger that uh, WGBH, which is um, PBS, uh, did a they they used to do these like telethons every now and again to raise uh, raise money because they were like publicly funded I think I don't know I, I should probably know the know this if I'm going to talk about it but I don't but anyways they used to do these telethons every now and again trying to raise money for the, for the broadcast and uh, one time they had aired and this was this was after his his death I believe they aired a concert of Harry Chapin's that was recorded and um, I was just fascinated by his his stage presence you know he would he would kind of tell stories to the audience in between songs it was it was just awesome and i was like this is great and so i you know that's how i kind of became a fan of his music was through that my dad used to watch that a lot with me and i was so but anyways <clears throat> yes audience precipitation which means you guys can get involved give your opinions give your thoughts on the nonsense that i'm going to be talking about so we're going to be focusing pretty much almost exclusively on the video games rather than the other stuff. Um, I I mentioned a little bit to the live audience before I started the, the podcast part here that I have some familiarity with the anime, but it's not recent. I watched pretty much all of the first, the original season. I watched the the Johto adventures and I got into advance. And then at some point during the advance era, I got out of it. So my knowledge of the anime is extremely limited. It's extremely dated. And I can't really speak too much on that. I never got into the card game. I was always, I was into Yu-Gi-Oh and I could, there was no room in my uh, wallet slash, uh, time scheduling for two card games. So Yu-Gi-Oh got my attention and not Pokemon. So I I don't even really know much how to play the Pokemon card game, which is is sad because I have um a couple of my friends have young have younger kids and they're starting to get into Pokemon and it was mostly through the card game. And they knew that I like my friends knew that I was into Pokemon, so they were like, "Oh, you got to ask Al, you got to ask Al about it." And I can't help them with the card game. You want to get if they want to start playing the video games, they can talk to me. But card game, I can't help them with. I can tell them which Pokemon are on the cards. That's about it. Uh, Revan's here and says I enjoy collecting favorites, but I don't play the card game. Yeah, yeah. So same. I I don't know. I, I and I don't. I didn't ever want to get into collecting it because, um, and maybe this is part of the reason why I I do enjoy the Pokemon games is that I do have that kind of collector's mindset and if i do start getting into some kind of a hobby that involves collecting things i start to go to the extreme with it and i need i have not to be cliche but gotta get them all um but yeah it's i was that way with with Yu-Gi-Oh. i was um i was with that way when i started collecting comics and it just it's bad news for me so uh, my bank account doesn't appreciate it uh, Flair says, I found quite a bit of younger kids actually like the card game better. It was strange when I was seeing that. 
it's 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 tangible for them. I think that's part of it. You know, it's easy it's easy for them to get a hold of some of the cards, and um, I don't know. I mean, the barrier for entry is probably actually higher for like legitimate usage of the cards, but just to collect the cards. I mean, collect collectible cards have always been a thing, whether they were a game or not. I mean, when I was a kid, and it's still still somewhat popular, not quite as popular as it was. Uh, when I was a kid and even the generations before me, but like baseball card collecting was always huge. Kids just like collecting stuff. So Harley's here too. Uh, I've seen season one. I think Jesse and James is funny duo. Also magic card. Yeah, that's, that's you're getting about to the extent of my anime knowledge. So again, I, I did mention it to the live crew and I'm going to mention it here for the podcast crew now as well. Uh, I apologize in advance on I'm, I'm over a cold, but I have a lingering cough, so I'm going to be muting as much as possible, hopefully not coughing into the microphone and attempting to be a professional broadcaster here. So, But with that said, let's uh, let's kind of get into things here. So what I did was I took some notes today, and we're just going to go generation by generation. We're going to hit on the games. Revan gave me some ideas of things that we can use as talking points. Uh, for example, on every generation, I'm going to give my ranking of the the starter Pokemon, and we're just... I, I did this by the final versions of them. Maybe I should have done it by the actual Pokemon that you get to start. But again, my brain goes to battling. And in that case, generally speaking, you're talking about the, you know, the fully evolved forms of these Pokemon that you're using. Generally speaking, obviously there are exceptions. But uh, so that's what we're going to do for my starter rankings. I also put together a top five of Pokemon that were introduced in that generation. And... Take it with a grain of salt, because uh, I'm. I used to get this a ton. This was always the question I got the the most, other than "Hey, can I battle you?" When I was doing battle streams, is uh, what's your favorite Pokemon? And it was always like an impossible question for me to answer because I I have such trouble picking favorites of almost everything. I think it's some of the, some of the OCD of how my brain works. But I put together a list of five. I tried to put them in an order, but it's fluid, and we'll you so you guys can you guys can see, and we'll keep this in mind when I'm giving these. I I put some emphasis on the aesthetic, and then there's some of them that I have an affinity for because I've used them in on battles and in teams, and I like them for that reason. So it's kind of a mix. And then we'll also just touch on some general things for each generation. Some of my own memories of playing some of the games. Uh, we'll talk about some of the ancillary games that aren't main series games that I have experience with. And um, we'll talk about some of the mechanics that might have been introduced. Some of the significant things that were introduced in each generation. So we'll go, we'll go through it all, and we'll see where we'll see where the road takes us. So, but where where else do we start? But with the beginning. So we'll start with generation one which for the main series consists of red, blue, and yellow, uh, green if you're in Japan. And um, I guess just to, before we get into any of this, like the starters and all that stuff, my introduction to Pokemon, um, I don't even remember the year actually specifically because uh, I'm old and it was a long time ago, but it was either... 1997 or 1998. I don't know which one, but my cousin had either red or blue. I don't even remember which one, 
I want to say it was blue, but this is, again, my memory from over 20 years ago. It's it's fuzzy. And he asked me if I wanted to borrow and play it. He said, oh, you, I think you'd like this game. So I was like, okay. So I borrowed it, and I played it, and I instantly kind of fell in love with the, the actual gameplay. And it's funny, because at the time, I had a Game Boy. I had Game Boy games, but I wasn't like a huge, like, Game Boy game, like, player. Most of my video game experience was consoles. You know, back at the at the time, you know, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, I think by that time, by that point, Nintendo 64 was out. So, I mean, I was primarily a console player and not a handheld player. But, like, this was, like, to me, I was like, wow, this is such a cool game on this little handheld device, like, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. And then there was that aspect of collecting, which has always appealed to me in some way, shape, or form. So I remember playing the game, and, you know, this was before, you know, you had, like, a lot of the extra quality of life things in the game. I had I had a fanny pack that I kept my Game Boy and my games in. So this is the wrestling fan in me talking. But there was, like, this this official Nintendo Game Boy fanny pack that I used to carry everything. And I would always, so I would have my Game Boy, I'd have my plug, um, I think at one point I actually ended up having like rechargeable batteries, I think at one point I even had like a, a light, because if you, for those of you who remember the original Game Boy, it was not really, it wasn't backlit, so it was not something that you could play well in the dark, there was actually a peripheral that came with it, or not came with it, that you could get separate from it. And it was like a light that would shine on the screen so you could actually play at night or in the dark. And uh, I had that. And I had my games. And then when I, when I started playing Pokemon, in that fanny pack, I also kept a piece of paper that kept track of all the Pokemon that I had caught. And so I would have it handy so that if I was in a battle, because this was before there would be a little icon on the screen that denoted whether or not you actually caught a Pokemon that I could just look at my list. I'm like, okay, yeah, I have that one. I don't need to catch that one. And so I I would play that. I, it's funny. I, at the time, I would actually bring my Game Boy to school. This is so this so for reference, this is I'm in high school at this point. So, you know, 90 I graduated high school in 99. So, uh this, I would be a probably I was probably a junior when I started playing this. And I would actually play it sometimes in math class because and this is not this is not meant to be a brag, but I I did well in math in in high school uh, to the point that I had, I had the same math teacher my my junior and senior in senior year, and he was really pushing hard to recruit me for the math team, and I was just not having it. Um, I didn't do I didn't do really any extracurricular stuff in high school, so it wasn't like oh I'm too cool for the math team. I just was like nah I'm good, um, and. I would actually play in math class and it wasn't like I sat in the back of the class and I was trying to hide it. Like I sat right in the front and my teacher didn't care because he was like, you know, he's like, oh, I know he knows his stuff. So it didn't matter. But yeah, I would sit there and play it in class. And um, I loved, I loved it. I just, I loved, you know, the collecting. I, I wasn't a huge, like, I wasn't like a massive RPG fan at this point in time. I had played a few that I had liked. I want to, trying to think by this point had i played final fantasy 6 oh i had to, i must have because nintendo 64 was out so I've, i i had played final fantasy 6 i had played chrono trigger so i mean i was i was a 
a decent RPG fan. Sorry, that's that's a fair way to say it. So that was the thing I thought was cool. I had like this this like RPG with this interesting element of like catching these creatures and then like raising them and training them and battling with them. And so I actually never technically owned red or blue. Those are the only main series games unless you count Pokemon Go and we'll get to that later that I never actually owned. The first one that I actually owned was yellow and I ended up I actually didn't buy myself yellow I think I think I think my girlfriend at the time bought me yellow. That's that's sounding familiar but I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Again, we're talking a long time ago. So um but yeah. So yellow was actually the first my my first Pokemon game that I actually owned on my own. So with that said, let us talk about the starters of Kanto. So for me, my favorite and you're going to see a theme here that is developing that I realized very quickly as I was going through this earlier, uh, my favorite of the starters is Venusaur. Now, this was also one of the toughest ones for me to classify because I love all three of the Gen 1 starters. They are amongst my favorite Pokemon, period. And I think it speaks to how well Game Freak did with choosing the original starters because honestly every i think i think most people have an affinity even if it's not to all three of them but to one if you've been a long time pokemon player especially someone who played the original um you might not even be a super big pokemon fan but if you played the original you know anything about it you know you know bulbasaur you know squirtle you know charmander and you probably like one of them. Um, but yeah, so Venusaur is it for me. I put Blastoise as number two and Charizard as three. And with that being said, though, again, I love all three of them. And we'll get to, we'll, you'll see where, you'll see how that factors in in a little bit. But um, Blastoise for me, I've always enjoyed using. He was a staple on a lot of my teams as a defensive Pokemon. Uh, and. I guess this is somewhat of a spoiler. So um, we we recorded an episode of uh, Trash and Treasures podcast. Let's talk about X. Last week? Last weekend, maybe? It was Friday? Last Friday, I think. And the the theme for that was Pokemon versus Digimon. And we talked about, like, what... And again, this is probably... Trash will maybe be mad at me for maybe spoiling a little bit. But we would compare a Pokemon to a Digimon that were somewhat similar and kind of give our opinions. And we talked about uh, Blastoise came up in discussion. And one of the things I always I thought was interesting is that aside from the fact that it's big and kind of bulky, it looks like it should be an offensive Pokemon. It's got these giant hydro cannons on, the, on it coming out of its shell. It feels like it should be this like offensive juggernaut. But... Oftentimes, you'll see it more defensive than anything. But anyways, that's my quick thoughts on the three starters. We'll get a little bit more into them uh, as we go here. Let me catch up on chat a little bit. Uh, Revan says, my brother got into the Pokemon anime, and that led to both of us getting the games. 
I can't remember which we got, but we split. One red, one blue. I remember game sharpening infinite rare candies and stuff. I never completed the Pokedex. I was not a Pokedex completionist for a long time. Um, which is probably seems odd for me. At least for the later games. Because, I don't know, like I didn't feel like I needed to actually complete the Pokedex. I just needed to get my stuff that I needed, but uh, but I still did like to collect stuff, so it's weird. It's a weird thing. Uh, let's see. Flair says all of the Charizard purists are dying inside. I mean, Charizard's very polarizing these days because it gets a lot of love from Game Freak. And there are some people that are really are thrilled by that because they love Charizard. And there are some people that are angry at that because they're tired of Charizard. So... Uh, Revan says, I like Charizard more when I was younger, but I've grown a bit tired of Charizard. I think Blastoise would be my favorite now. Overall, I am more meh on Gen 1 starters being a rarity on that front. Yeah, you're 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 a weird person for saying that. <laughs> I love... And that's another, that's another theme that came up in the Let's Talk About X episode. And uh, I really, really have a deep affinity for a lot of the Gen 1 Pokemon. Uh, even the ones that, like, I like I don't like as much I still like like I just feel like the original 151 are pretty awesome so I don't know again it's old man gen 1 bias and there's a lot of people like me who have it so that's I'm not the only one Blair says I hate your Blastoise a lot of people hated my Blastoise it's annoying it's tanky as hell but it's a Blastoise it's what it does um, so we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, I think I, I, I hit on most of my gen one memories. Um, you know, I, I wasn't playing, you know, competitively. I pretty much was only playing my, like alone. I didn't have, that's the thing. So for a while into me playing Pokemon, I didn't have friends that really played the game. Even my cousin who got me into the game didn't really play much past that first one. So I really didn't have a lot of friends to play the game with, you know, to trade with you know, to battle with, none of that. So it was mostly just me, you know, collecting and just doing my thing and battling whatever battles I could find in the game. So it's, uh, for me, uh, it was hard for me, like, because like I said, for a long time, I just didn't, I mean, part of it for me too, I think, was also when I got into Pokemon. I mean, my, I was, you know, I was... Like I said, I was a I was a junior in high school, so you're talking, you know, 97. I'm 16 years old, and Pokemon, you know, was very much, you know, marketed and targeted towards a younger demographic. So um, it's also it was also different when and when I was that age as to kind of for like teenagers now. Uh, it and I'm gonna sound like an old man here, but uh, being a game nerd or whatever, a geek, was not as mainstream accepted as it is now. So there was kind of that like societal pressure. It's not like crazy, but I mean, you know, oh, you know, these games and stuff are for kids. And as you get to be a teenager, getting towards to be like, you know, getting towards to be an adult, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. Like you should be doing other things and it's like i don't know i just want to play my games i don't know so that, that's that's also part of the reason why i didn't have um probably that many friends that were playing 
that were that were into Pokemon. The other thing too is, I mean, because I I also had this weird dichotomy when I was younger. Is I, I mean, I really and it's no still holds true today. My two biggest passions as far as hobbies go are gaming and sports. And so, a lo- growing up, a lot of my friends were big into sports and maybe less so into games. And so that's you know they didn't those two you know paths didn't intersect as much. Now it's not as big of a, not as much as much of a deal. So, but just a, a reference for that. Uh, let's see. Revan says Nido King is my favorite Gen One Pokemon. Other than that, I don't particularly think of any Gengar and Scyther. I guess as well. I never got Gengar in the original games because of trade evolution. Yeah, trade evolutions. I was ne- I was never a fan of. Guess what? Because I didn't have anyone to trade with, which we'll get. I guess we'll get to as we as we go on, um, as we get into Gen Two. But I had to find my own ways around that. Uh, I guess a- another thing worth mentioning for Gen One is Pokemon Stadium. Uh, that is, I was a big fan of Pokemon Stadium. I thought it was really cool that you could play Pokemon battles on your N64. I liked, I mean, I liked everything about it. There was a period of time that I thought the coolest job in the world would be the guy who does the announcer voice for Pokemon Stadium. That was my aspiration in life. I never quite made it there. But those of you who have seen some of my Pokemon battle streams know that I will throw in one of those lines every now and again in the middle of a battle because it stuck with me so much. Uh, I love Pokemon Stadium. And for the original stadium, I never... At that point, like I never um, connected my games to it. I just played with the rental Pokemon because I was like, "Oh, at that point, I don't. I I might not have even had Yellow yet at that point, so I didn't like have my own." But I just I enjoyed the game; super fun. So before we we, we get off of Gen One, uh, <clears throat> Revan says here, I even bred a shiny Needle King. Love the blue, like back in the day, or. Currently, because that's more impressive back in the day. Um, so yeah, so my top five, and we'll go where I thought I'm going to go from like five to one in the way that I listed them. But again, there's wiggle room in here. It's not like a hard and fast. Like Some of these are a lot easier for me to put than others. So Gen 1 was definitely my hardest one to narrow down to five. But the five that I picked were uh, Charizard, Blastoise. Venusaur, yes, all three starters are in my top five. I mean, there were there were a lot of times uh, within the last several years that I would have teams that had all three of them on it because I just enjoy them that much. And then my top two to round out my top five for Gen 1, Alakazam, because for me, Alakazam, uh, it's, it's one of those ones that I'm not like, I'm not super in love with his design. But I love psychic Pokemon. I've always liked psychic Pokemon. And I really enjoyed using him. I used him as a staple on a lot of my teams for a long time. Uh, Focus Sash Alakazam is something I really enjoy. It was was very annoying to play around sometimes for people. And with, with Magic Guard and Focus Sash... It was one of those things that I could bring it in, whether there were you know hazards on the field or not. Its focus sash would still be preserved, and it could still do some fun stuff. So, uh, big fan of Alakazam. And then my number one Gen One Pokemon is Dragonite. 
I know I don't know if Erkenhelm is here, but if he isn't, I probably just put the Erkenhelm sig signal out because he would agree that Dragonite is awesome. And uh, for me, I just I was always a, I was a big fan of Dragonite. I thought it looked cool. I know some people think it looks a little derpy, but I like I like Dragonite. Um, I use it a lot, especially once uh, it got multi-scale. It's just a cool, nice little Pokemon. It can do some really nasty things. Dragon Dance Dragonite is scary at times, and I just I liked it. I even don't mind the shiny version of it, and this is my also my affinity for the color green. I know a lot of people don't like it because it's like it's more of like a forest or an army green. And it also has like purple under the wings, so green and purple, I'm sold. <laughs> but yeah, so Dragonite Dragonite uh tops my list of Gen 1 Pokemon. But there's a lot of honorable mentions that I could bring up. Uh I love Snorlax is a bit is one I love. Uh Arcanine, I like a lot. I mean I could go down the list. It's just it would take too long for me to talk about all the Gen 1 Pokemon I like. So yeah, it's uh the reason there's a reason why I mean I most people have an affinity of where they start, but I just I just think top to bottom, Gen One has the best roster of Pokemon top to bottom. And in my opinion, again, everyone's entitled to theirs. But for me, I just it's hard for me to go through and look at one like one that's like awful. I mean, again, you could go like, oh, Magikarp sucks. Like, okay, yeah, great. Um, let's see here. Uh, Revan says probably around Gen 6 or 7 was when he did the Nido King. Has a hidden ability and I never got them in Gen 5. Nice. Blair says, sometimes I think you mean all the time. I think in reference to me using Alakazam. Uh, it wasn't all the time. It wasn't all the time, but it was quite frequently. And Sethius too. Yeah, Sethius uh, was a big Dragonite fan as well. Uh, Revan says, I started with Gen 1, but it's generally amongst my least favorite of Gens. So, the only thing I'll say is this. I love Gen 1. I love the region. I love the Pokemon. I love pretty much everything about it. But I find it really hard now to go back and play the original Gen 1 games because of everything that has been added that isn't in Gen 1. If you can look us if you can look away from that, if you can get past that, I still love those games. And I still love Kanto. I love the Pokemon, all that stuff. Um, but I've I've gone back twice now, I think in the past five or so years and have played yellow. I think yellow both times. And it's, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to go back and play those without some of the things that have been added since. So I can, I could, I could see that, but I mean, that withstanding, like at taking it in its time and not trying to take it now and go back to it. I still, it's up there. It's up there for me. Um, but we'll 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 talk about that. Uh, super famous guy is here and subscribe. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Twelve months with the Emerald Knights. Thank you, sir. So let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit into Generation Two, which is Gold, Silver, and Crystal. So these were the first. Um, this is where I really started to get heavy into Pokemon. Um, because of, like I said earlier, 
I didn't have friends that played the game. I bought both gold and silver because I didn't have anyone to trade with. So if I wanted to catch them all, I needed both games. I got myself a second Game Boy, and I got myself a link cable so that I could trade between my own games. This way I could get the trade evolutions, I could get all the Pokemon that are available, the exclusives, and that's a tradition that has carried forward to this day. Even still, despite the fact that I know people who play the games, I have regularly, you know, I play with other people, I still get both versions of the game. Because I just want to make sure I have access to everything I need access to. I don't know. It's weird. And I've I've talked about this. Our, our, our pal uh, Bicky Boru, uh, who pops in from time to time on stream, uh, will talk to me about Pokemon, especially as these uh, Scarlet and Violet have been coming out, or getting ready to come out. And... Uh, he's asking my thoughts about it, and he was also one who would oftentimes get both versions, and he said that he wasn't going to do it this time because he was afraid that he was going to you know, repeat the mistake that he did with, uh, I want to say it was Brilliant Time and Shining Pearl, but um, ah, I just, I like having both of them at my disposal, so it's just, it's something I, I, I mean, it, it started from necessity and now it's just convenience. That's all it is at this point. Uh, let's see here. Revan says, I mean, it got me into the series, but when I think it, I should play Pokemon, none of the Gen 1 games are top of my list. That's including the Gen 1 remakes, Fire Red, Leaf Green, and Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu. Um, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't go back and play the old games generally. The only times recently I have gone back and played the old games, they have been uh, channel point cash-ins. So I know Erkenhelm cashed in for me to go back and play yellow. And I think Zex had me do heart gold, randomized. Uh, Revenue had me do um, black and white too, hard mode. Uh, Nuzlocke, because you're a masochist. But... By and large, I don't go back on my own and play the old games because to me, generally speaking, the stuff that they add adds to the game experience and it gets tougher to go back for me. That's why like, I don't mind the remakes, even though I'm not a huge fan of them, because a lot of times it's updating them to a degree. We'll get into that with the most recent ones, but by and large... That's why the remakes are like fine for me. I generally don't like them, but you know, it's updating. It's updating the old stuff. Flair says I usually end up getting both versions of the games since I get them as gifts mostly. I use one as the main competitive and one for other fun playthroughs. Kind of for me. I usually choose one of them as like my main game where I keep like all of my battle Pokemon on. And then the other one is just where I mess around and do other stuff. Revis says, much like Gen 1, my brother and I both got gold and silver. I know I got gold here. I like the remakes of these a lot more. That's that's actually a common thing. Um, Heart Gold and Soul Silver are very much uh, well thought of within the community, but we'll touch on those in a little bit. So, uh, Gold, Silver, and Crystal, like I said, the first ones, I got, I actually had all three of them eventually. I got Crystal when it came out too. And uh, 
the biggest thing for Gen 2, two big things. One is it's the introduction of the Dark and the Steel type. So they added a couple of types, which um, were, I would say, needed. Uh, steel steel was like super stupid broken for a long time, and some people will still th think steel type is kind of broken, but um, I don't know. So that was a big thing. And then uh, the other big thing was that it was the only game, I believe, I could be wrong about this, but my memory could be failing me, but it's the only game that had two regions in it. You got to do both Johto, and then after you became the champion of Johto, you could then go to Kanto and do all the gym badges. You could do all the gyms in Kanto, which I thought was amazing, which is the the only one reason why I put Gen 2, why I put gold, silver, and crystal slightly above red, blue, and yellow in my Pantheon, just because you basically get to play you know, most of the actual Kanto story in gold, silver, and crystal. Like It's a little different. I mean, you don't, it's not the complete same thing. But you get a lot of it, and you get the gems, and you get to go through Kanto. It's cool. I enjoy it. Uh, let's see here. Revan says, I got both games up until Switch games where I can have the main game playthrough. The different Switch profiles lead to fun playthroughs. Only downside is no internet. Um, yeah, unless you, have, unless you happen to have a family Switch account, which I do, um, primarily because my daughter had a Switch too, even though she like never uses it, but I still pay for the family thing. Um... I should add also, I got the third versions always. They were definitive and generally are the ones I go back to. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Uh, Flair says, unless you want to count the Sevi Isles in the Gen 1 remakes. Eh, that's kind of ancillary. I don't I don't know if I count those as like a separate region, but I guess you could maybe put that. You could you could put that in there. Uh, Super Famous Guy says, I go back to Emerald way too often. Oh, I, we went, we did that for the Ion Game Challenge that year, but other than that, no. I, I'm just, like I said, I... I stick with the current stuff, mostly. So, uh, Johto. Johto starters. So, for me, I I remembered them a lot fondly. More, like, I have more fond memories of them than when I was looking at this now, and I was like, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of these three as much. Uh, but for me, it goes in order. Meganium, and then Typhlosion. And then for alligator, and it's mostly for aesthetics and design. Although for Megan, I actually have used Meganium a bit, and I actually really got to enjoy it. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with the fact that I um, I do, or I used to be, I, I should say I used to be because I haven't done it in the last you know like couple of years since COVID hit. I used to do the Pax Pokemon League at Pax East. And for a while, I would almost always do grass gyms. And there was one year that I my team was all grass starters. It was literally well, it was five. It was five grass starters, and then I used Leafeon with the justification. This was before Gen six. So this was during Gen five, with the justification being that um, you start with an Eevee in was it Gale of Darkness? Is Gale of Darkness the one you start with Eevee? So I was like, okay, that's my justification. So yeah, and uh, my Meganium was like a kind of annoying tank, and it was fun, and I just, it's different, and you don't see a lot of people use it, so I enjoyed it. 
Uh, Revan says I love her alligator particularly because the anime Totodile was adorable. Typhlosion second, Meganium last. I actually, this for Gen 2, I actually enjoy the first forms a lot better than the final forms on pretty much all three of them. Um, I love Cyndaquil, uh, Chikorita's cool, and Totodile's awesome. Totodile's great. The only thing I didn't like about Totodile was they basically made him Donald Duck in the anime. Like, his Donald, they gave him the Donald Duck voice, and I was like, alright, we don't need to go that far. Uh, Flair says Meganium gets so little love. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Remus says, Eevee has always been there to an extent, was ex intended to be your starter in yellow, but the rival took it. Espeon, Umbreon, and Colosseum, and XD had Eevee, and of course, let's go Eevee. Correct. But yeah, the fact that you actually start with an Eevee in, in Gala Darkness was kind of my justification for using it on my starter team. But there we go. Um, yeah, so I, I pretty much touched on most of the stuff about Gen 2 that I mean, I like about the actual games. Um, it, oh, it introduced breeding. I forgot that. It introduced breeding, which is huge. That's We can't overlook that. That's like a core main mechanic of the game since then. So, um, but yeah, going into particular Pokemon that I enjoy from Gen 2. And this was another one that was a list that was hard for me to come up with. And then I'll get into a little bit more about these. Because um, I do have more to add about Gen 2 here. So going from 5 to 1, again, loosely ranked. I have Houndoom, which I haven't used in so long since it wasn't in Sword and Shield. And I'm a little bit angry about that. But I always liked the design of Houndoom. I thought Houndoom was cool. Wobbuffet. I always have to include Wobbuffet, even though I have a love-hate relationship with using it. Um, you know, for a while it was, you know, banished to Ubers if you are one of those people who, uh, you know, subscribe to smog and tearing and all that stuff. I loved, 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 loved Wobbuffet. And this is partly where, like, the anime comes in, because Wobbuffet was just a knucklehead in the anime, and it was great. But the, one of the things that I always liked about Wobbuffet was in Stadium 2, when you sent out Wobbuffet, it would hit the field and it would always like salute. Because like, its arm would go up, and in, in the, just the way that its arm is, it looked like it was saluting. Like it was like, haha, I'm here, I'm saluting you. And I just thought that was cool. So I loved Wobbuffet. I loved Wobbuffet. Um, so Wobbuffet always, always is there. Um, but the one of the things is, is so I Gen two, and I'll touch more on this in a little bit. Was the first time I ever tried to put like an actual team together, even though again I didn't have anyone to battle with. It was just me battling against the computer and stuff like in the game. But I I wanted to put together a team, and because I loved Wabafet so much, Wabafet was on my team, and this was back like before I knew a lot about you know raising Pokemon and everything and training and alternative methods of training. We'll, we'll say that I literally raised a Wobbuffet from level one. Cause I believe back in the oh, level five, right? Hatched at level five back in the day, right? Level five from level five to level 100 by actually having to have it battle and like subbing it out because Wobbuffet cannot directly damage anything it's a nightmare but i still love it because wobbuffet so 
even though I have that PTSD from that period of time. Uh, so continuing on with my five, and I'll catch up with you guys in chat. Uh, for for me, in the three spot is Espeon. Uh, it's tough for me to include Espeon and not necessarily Umbreon because I do like them both. But if you had to, if you made me have to pick one, I would I would generally side with Espeon. One because I actually love it shiny. It's green. I used it for a lot because it was green. It reminds me of Carbuncle from Final Fantasy in a shiny form, which I think is cool. Um, and I used Espeon a ton. And we'll get to it later because I don't want to jump ahead. But when we start talking about uh, different kinds of battles, uh, Espeon was a superstar for me. And we'll touch on that in a bit. Uh, in the two spot for Gen 2, I have Tyranitar. And Tyranitar is a fairly popular Pokemon, I think. It's fun. I like it. It looks cool. It's effective. You can do a lot of different things with it. I just kind of like Tyranitar. So Tyranitar makes the list for me. And then number one which is one of my most used Pokemon in battles for a long, long time, was on a lot of my teams, was Scizor. Uh, I always liked the design of Scizor. Uh, I thought it was cool. And then when I started to get into competitive battling and it got Technician and it became a menace, I liked it even more. But yeah, so Scizor takes my top spot for Gen 2. Just I, if for no other reason, just the sheer amount of times that I've included it on teams. So, getting more into the, the, the team aspect, and when I said I made my first team in Gen 2. <clears throat> so, this is my first attempt. Again, I had no idea what I was doing. Move sets, all that stuff. I was, like, competitiveness, not at all factored in. I just picked stuff that I liked, I thought was cool. So, my first ever Pokemon team that I put together consisted of Mewtwo, yes, I was a dirty Mewtwo user, because why not? I didn't know any better. Um, Scizor, Umbreon, Wobbuffet, Dragonite, and Snorlax. That was six, right? Scizor, Dragonite, Umbreon. Scizor, Snorlax, Umbreon. Oh my god. I'm losing track now. Did I, did I name six? I think I named six. I, it was the first time I ever gave Pokemon nicknames. Uh, for a while, I wasn't a big nicknamer, um, but yeah, that was that was my original original team of of Pokemon that I tried to put together. And I I had it was funny because at that point, that was around the time the Stadium Two was out, and you could actually you could play like the Game Boy Tower, so you could pop your game in there and you could actually play it on the TV, which I thought was amazing. And so like I would bring. I would bring my game over to I bring my 64 sometimes even over to my cousin's house. The one, so it was my cousin who got me into the game had two older brothers and we all used to hang out a lot. And actually, the oldest of them, uh, for those of you who have watched, have seen other episodes of the past, is uh, my cousin Ian Ian Forts, who's been on several episodes of the podcast with me talking sports. And um, so yeah, uh, I I actually bought them versions of gold and silver to see if I could get them in to play with me. And they played a little bit and never really got into it. So, but I would bring it, I would bring it over and I would like, I would play there. I do the game boy tower stuff. And I was like, you know, working on my team. And that was, I have very fond, I have very, very fond memories of gen two as much of a grind as it was for me. Cause I was mostly playing by myself 
and I was literally battle leveling everything from zip, from like five to a hundred as I was trying to raise everything. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 the grind, baby. That's the old school grind. Uh, let's see. Let's get caught up on chat here. So uh, Flair says, "No, there's nothing special about breeding. Not that big of a mechanic. No, never. No one ever breeds." Uh, Revan says, Tyranitar, Dawnfan, Scizor for Alligator are my standout favors for, for that gen. I like Dawnfan a lot, actually. Um, I used it a lot, and one of the things I liked it is that um, it had access to both Stealth Rock and Rapid Spin, which I always enjoyed Pokemon that had both of those, because it could kind of serve as your setter and your clearer at the same time. Which was always nice. Um, so I, I am actually a fan of Dawn fan. Uh, super famous guy agrees that Houndoom is amazing. Yes, I knew I liked you for a reason. And super famous guy redeemed for a dad joke. We're not doing redemptions uh, today. This is we're we're trying to keep it to the to the podcast. But um, I'll refund your points for that. But he also look he gives his own he gives his own joke here. Why did the mill tank cross the road? I don't know. And I don't know if I want to know the answer, but I'm sure you'll enlighten us. To get to the other side. Oh boy. Yeah, there all right, so he he paid for and, and delivered his own dad joke. <laughs> Zexus here says denied. Yes, denied. I did I did put I did uh, disable all of the uh, can we ban him Blair says. Oh no, let's be let's listen. Dad jokes are all right. We like dad jokes are, we are appreciated here. Um, yeah, you guys. For you guys who are, who are here live, I did I did uh, disable the sound things, and you're also not seeing the um, the alert notifications, all that stuff. Because, like I said, I don't have it set up on this this thing that I usually use to record the podcast. Great Gen Two Pokemon, uh, Miltank. I actually like Miltank. I do like Miltank. I was always fascinated with Miltank, and that's Miltank was one of those ones that I think I got an affinity to actually because of the anime. Because Whitney wiped the floor with ash with it. And I was like, wow, this thing must be awesome. And I just, I'm like, well, tank's pretty cool. So. Blair says, I think Miltank and Whitney still give plenty of people nightmares. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I think that covers uh, most of uh, Gen 2. I did mention briefly Pokemon Stadium 2. Pokemon Stadium 2 was a lot of fun. You know, you had the 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 rentals. You had the the gym leader tower. You could play the you know the mini games, whatever. Um, and you had the the ability you could actually play your your game your Pokemon Game Boy game on your TV. Fliss says, "I don't." Uh, I mean, super famous guy says, "I didn't know its move set, and I got I got whipped." Yeah, it happens. That's one of my favorite things, and it always has been about uh, games like this. Yu-Gi-Oh! falls into that category. I've told this story time and time again, but I'll mention it quickly here. When I played Yu-Gi-Oh!, one of the most fun things for me when building a deck was including cards that people didn't use often. Because my favorite thing was to, would to be to be in a duel, play a card, and my opponent's response would be, what does that do? Because they don't know the card. Because it's not the same staple cards, the same like three deck types that everybody used. And Pokemon for me sometimes falls in that similar mindset. You know, it, there's there's not always as much surprise element of surprise with Pokemon. You know, a lot of Pokemon they kind of do their thing, and people know what they do, and they don't deviate too much from what they do. There is some room for it. Don't get me wrong, 
but um yeah it's like it's one of those things where it's like you know when you can catch somebody off guard with something that they weren't expecting that's always super fun Uh, super famous guy says Yu-Gi-Oh is great when you don't play experienced players. I mean, I don't know about that, man. That's that's just picking on people who don't who aren't don't have as much experience. That's rude. That goes for any game. You're just picking on people who aren't as experienced. It's like in league when you get when you're uh, when you're in a game and you get matched up against someone who's diamond level. Like, come on, how's that fun? Um. So yeah, so Gen two, I have uh, I have very, very fond memories of Gen 2 and it will arguably be my favorite gen. I, I again, I still do kind of differentiate the original 151, but uh Gen 2 to me is one of my favorites of all. That brings us into Generation 3. Generation 3, so Ruby, Sapphire and Emerald. Um, notable things from Gen 3 contests I tried to like contests and I just could never get into them I really wanted to like them but I just it just I could never never really get into them I was like I feel like if you ever wanted to like be really good at doing contests you had to build specifically for contests and I would never had the patience to do that it just never appealed to me that much. Oh, we got super famous guy in Flaring Flames here who apparently big fans of Gen 3. Uh, Gen 3 also introduced abilities and natures, which are key elements going forward. I mean, abilities drastically changed the game for the better. You can, I mean, maybe, maybe some people will argue that it was better before abilities, but... Um, there are certain Pokemon that without abilities are would essentially be useless. And again, that's that's balancing after the fact for the most part. You know, you look at something like and I know this is gonna rub Flare the wrong way, but like Azumarill. Uh it's its stats aren't great without huge power. Granted, there are other things you can do with it, but so it its stats are balanced for the fact that it has that ability. So, you know, if you remove that ability, it's it's like mega nerfed. If you're if you're building it as an attacker. If you're not building it as an attacker, you have other options. But I'm just using that as an example because it was it was one of the first huge power uh Pokemon that I thought of. Plus I, I use multiple kinds of Azumarill. Yes you do. Yes you do. Super Famous Guy says Shedinja, first thing that comes to mind. Yes, without without its ability, Shedinja is a completely useless Pokemon. So um Funny story about Shedinja that I used to—I I probably have told a time or two on stream. Uh, there was one year that I was doing the uh, the the Pax Pokemon League gym leader thing, and I had this kid. Couldn't have been any older than twelve, I would say, at the absolute most. And he battled against me, and his team consisted of uh, Arceus and five hacked Shedinjas to have. Um, Sturdy as their ability, I think. Was that what it is? I forget what it was. I think it was sturdy. So the general idea was that because it had only had one hit point, 
It was basically immune to things. The real problem that that poor child came to was that my team had Leech Seed and Stealth Rocks, so every Shedinja that he sent out immediately met its demise. And he wasn't a fan of that. I also had to tell him that he probably shouldn't use that team against anybody else because it was technically an illegal team. But Ari making children cry at PAX. I didn't make him cry. I didn't make him cry. But he did regret some life decisions at that point. He thought his team would be unstoppable, and then he, he came up against me, and it was bad news. But yeah, it was definitely with Sturdy. So that's always one of my funny shit ninja stories I always tell. Um, so yeah, abilities and natures, uh, key elements of the game. Uh, Gen 3 introduced double battles, which I'm a big fan of. Um, I thought at, time, at the time it was really cool, and I've, I have grown to like them even more as, uh, as I've gone along. Just the idea of having you know more than one Pokemon on the field at a time, it's great. I enjoy it. There are a lot of people who hate double battles and only enjoy singles, and good on them every, to each their own. I love double battles. More double battles, please. That being said, I'm not a, I'm not a huge VGC player. Um, I've tried dabbling in it from time to time, and doubles is like the format, but I just prefer six, six versus six instead of four versus four. Personal preference. There you go. Places I like all battles except rotation. We'll get into we'll get into rotation battles in a little bit. The other thing about Gen three, and this is a common complaint, and I'm gonna say it. It's a meme, but I don't care. Way too much water in Hoenn. It's not fun to surf for that long and constantly have to battle water Pokemon. My biggest gripe with the Hoenn games. Way too much water. I hate it. Buy a repel. I don't want to have to buy a repel. I don't have to buy a repel. Just to travel. Just to move. Come on, man. Not fun. Not fun. Other than that, I don't have a problem. I thought the, the story of the Gen 3 games was fun. Um, that, there's some, some fun stuff that they added. Um, and you know the thing with Groudon and Kyogre was cool uh, this was the first time I believe that you got major virgin differences with the story I mean not like not like complete departures depending on but you know some tweaks to the story you know obviously depending on which legendary you were going after and um, you know which team you were mostly which team you were battling so, I just don't like it. I the that's my least favorite part of of those games. My least favorite part of most of the early Pokemon games is any of the routes where you had to surf. I just don't like it. Not a fan. So yeah, so those are the kind of the the bullet points on Gen three. So as we get into starters, um, it's weird. I think. I think people like the Gen 3 starters, but I'm not a huge fan of the Gen 3 starters. They're fine. Um, so I, this is kind of an arbitrary listing, and it was really hard for me to pick a favorite. And so I went with Sceptile as my favorite. And only because 
I really got to dislike Blaziken more than I like Sceptile. Although I did put Blaziken 2 on this list. I'm just not a huge fan of Swampert. Uh, it's okay. I love Mudkip. I'm just not a huge fan of Swamp because Sceptile is green. Listen, it's really it's really not the color. I I again you're gonna notice this. I like grass Pokemon, and I'm weird in that way. Not a lot of people like grass Pokemon. Grass is an awful type offensively. Uh it's kind of not a great type defensively either. I just like I happen to like grass types. Um But yeah, I like Sceptile. It's you know, it's fine. And this is I'm not I'm talking base form. I'm not even considering Megas or anything like that. Like we'll talk about Megas down the road, but um Yeah, I I, I kinda I think Sceptile's fine. Blaziken is cool. I think Blaziken's design is great. Um Blaziken, once it got speed boost, became super frustrating, which is why it got banned most a lot of places. Um and then like I said, Swampert's Whatever. It's not terrible. It's just there. I'm not, like, passionate one way or another about Swampert. But it is what it is. So, here's where I started having trouble coming up with top five lists. I was starting to find, it at this point, I was really struggling to find five that I really liked enough to put into a, a top five. So, um... The last few on some of these these top fives you can kind of take with a massive grain of salt, but I, I tried to find some reason to justify putting them in. So going again, going five to one, I struggled mightily with a five on this, and eventually I settled on Swellow. I actually kind of like Swellow. It's one of it's actually one of the few of the you know the normal flying or like the you know the the generation birds that I actually kind of like. I don't like I like Pidgeot. Pidgeot's cool. Um, but I think Swellow's actually kinda cool. So I included Swellow and I've used it a few times, not lately obviously, because it wasn't included in Sword and Shield. And you can I you could do some fun um some fun things with guts and facade with Swellow, which is always cool. Uh Super Famous Guy says Agron better be on there. Well you'll see. My my number four, this is going to be a really weird pick, and this is literally just a quirky personal preference of mine, Cast Form. Its design is funky, but it's such a weird niche Pokemon that I kind of like it. And I've always wanted to find ways to make it, to make it work, and whenever I made one, I always kind of had it be a, like, a catch-all weather setter, like I would give it you know, I would give it Weather Ball, Sunny Day, Rain Dance, and Hail to let it just be this weird, like, weather wizard sort of thing. And it's not great. Trust me, Castform's not a great Pokemon. But I just kind of like it. The one thing I've always thought was weird is that it doesn't have a form for Sandstorm. It doesn't have a rock form for Sandstorm. Like, it doesn't get, like, a rock version of Weather Ball. It's weird how that works. So I was like, why, why, why not? Why wouldn't it? I don't know. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just again, it's a, it's just one of those odd personal preferences. Uh, for three, I put Metagross, and like design-wise, Metagross is fine. Like it's not, I don't think it's like the coolest looking Pokemon ever, but 
Um, I don't know. Something about it I kind of like. I've always kind of liked Steel types. And again, I, I like psychic types, even though like not many people focus on the fact that it's a psychic type. It's just always thought of as steel. Um, and I don't know. I just think it's 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 fine. It's it's pretty it's pretty. Uh, Flair says I'm waiting for Absol to be admitted as a favorite. No, this is my top five, not yours. Uh, number two, I put Flygon, and I know a lot of people prefer Salamence to Flygon. I've just kind of always liked Flygon. I like this design. Um, I just, <clears throat> again, it's it's another dragon that's four times weak to ice, which is not great. But I don't know. I like I like Flygon. It's just a again a personal thing. I just I think it looks cool. It's it's kind of middling, I guess. In it, but I I don't know. Always been a always been a fan. Flair says they prefer Salamence because it has better stats. Flygon is a better design. I I feel I don't hate Salamence's design. I think Salamence is kind of cool looking. Um, but yeah, Salamence is just generally speaking a better dragon. But like from from a competitive standpoint, that's probably not that's not controversial to say. Salamence also got the mega. Eh, whatever. Megas. We'll get into megas. Um. And then my number one spot, those of you who have known me for long enough will know this won't come as a surprise. Ludicolo. I love Ludicolo and the and the the genesis of my love for Ludicolo was Pokemon Coliseum and Mirror B. And just the music that you battled the mirror, mirror B with, and you just had like the Ludicolo dancing. I just fell in love with that thing. Where's our Mirror B music? Yes, we need it. We need it. Um, so I'm I'm a big fan of Ludicolo. I've used it for a lot. <laughs> Zach's not a fan of Ludicolo. <laughs> Trash gave him PTSD with Ludicolo. Um, I love Ludicolo. It's it's just I don't know. It's one. Of, it's it's goofy as hell, but it's I just I'm a fan. Give me goofy. I like goofy. So But yeah, so that's my top five. Yes, there was no Agron. Yes, there was no Absol. Yes, you can riot. It's fine. It's my list, not yours. Um But yeah, so uh, other things to note on Gen 3, you know, you, this is where you had the first remakes. You had Fire Fire Red and Leaf Green. Um those games were were Fine, uh, they're, they're you know totally fine. Uh, nothing offensive about them. Uh, nothing like super amazing about them, other than the fact that you could you know you could relive Kanto if you really enjoy Kanto for on the advance, which was cool. Um, it also introduced Coliseum and Gala Darkness. Now these are these are worth talking about a little bit. These games um, were pretty great, honestly. It was the first you know console. True, like true console Pokemon um, style RPGs, and the Shadow Pokemon mechanic was a little weird. I'm not sure how much I love that, but I was a big fan of those games. I mean, there are also people who didn't like it because, generally speaking, you were locked into like it was all double battles, right? Both of those games, I think, were all double battles, and p some people just don't like double battles. But 
Uh, big fan of those games. Uh, it was cool how you could. That was so. Another thing about Gen Three was this was the first game, the Ruby and Sapphire were the first games that you couldn't bring Pokemon from your previous games forward. And this was because of technological limitations at the time between the original Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance. And many of the original 251, right? Is that the number? 252? What the hell is the number? I, I should know this better. Were not available in Ruby and Sapphire, but they started introducing some of them back through um, through the GameCube games, through Coliseum, through Gala Darkness. Pretty much all of the Shadow Pokemon in Coliseum, I think, there, there might have been exceptions, were Pokemon that you could not catch in Ruby and Sapphire. So that was your way of getting those Pokemon in Gen 3. Hacking notwithstanding. We won't discuss that, but that was the, the legitimate way to get them. Um. So let's see here. Uh, Flair says Flair gives his list. Um, Absol one, Agron two, Flygon three, Metagross four, Swampert five. Interesting. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with any of those Pokemon. Uh, let's see. Super famous guy. Glad that Agron got mentioned there. Uh, Flair says we need more games like XD. The storyline was wonderful. I love the Shadow Pokemon. Um, I think the storyline was great. I mean, it was good. Fine. You some people like it maybe some people don't i think the shadow pokemon was weird i don't think it was bad it was just weird pokemon go is shadow pokemon uh, let's not yeah we'll 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 touch on go lightly later um so yeah and then the only other thing i want to mention from from gen 3 just because it is a game and i did play it was pokemon channel and i actually played it on stream not not too too long ago, maybe within the last like year and a half, maybe. Um, Pokemon Channel was weird. You watch TV with a Pikachu. There were shows with very hosted by various Pokemon. Uh, Wobbuffet did a quiz show, I think, which was great. Um, Psyduck was the news, the news anchor, right? It had the. Uh, the Pichu Brothers actual like video, like the cartoon. Um, I never played it a ton. I did actually own it. I actually bought it. I don't know what the hell was wrong with me, but I bought it. Um, but in the, I mean, it, it was by that point. I mean, I don't know. Like, oh, oh, Psyduck is the answer. Uh, Psyduck is the anchor. Slowpoke with the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Um. I mean, that is not a game that was targeted to me, but I thought, like, hey, it's Pokemon. I like Pokemon. Let me at least check it out. And, yeah, not a not a solid buy. That that was a game marketed towards someone at least half my age at that point. But it is what it is. So, yeah, so that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much Gen 3. Um, I am, uh, again... Gen 3 has a lot of love from a lot of people, and I get it. There's a lot of great things about Gen 3, but um, I don't I don't have a problem with Gen 3. I don't just don't have quite the affinity for it that I, that a lot of people do. But uh, I'm it's up there. It's up there. I mean, there's again, 
I don't. Aside from the fact, and it's the it's the it's the meme, and then and then minor nitpick about too much water, too many water roots. Other than that, totally fun games. Totally fun games. Uh, super famous guys. A Smurgle could be on my list for Gen three. It could, but was it? But Smurgle was a Gen two Pokemon, wasn't it? Wasn't Smurgle introduced in Gold and Silver? I do believe. I could be wrong about that. <clears throat> Yes, it was. There you go. Oh, Gen two. Okay. I mean, Smur Smurgle is just a weird Pokemon. Its stats aren't. Its stats are pretty awful, but it's kind of a Swiss Army knife where it can kind of do anything. So it's interesting. So moving on to Gen four. Uh, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. So. Uh, those of you who have uh, visited my streams, especially somewhat lately, and anyone has brought up Pokemon, and the remakes come up, know that I am not really a fan of Gen 4. And there are some people out there who really love Gen 4, and I don't really understand it, but again... You like what you like. It's fine. I'm not going to... I don't think you're a bad person if you like Gen 4. I just think that there's really nothing substantial or amazing about the Gen 4 games. I know a lot of people really like Platinum, uh, but <clears throat> I don't know. I just... like Platinum had the distortion world, right? That was the big thing about Platinum. Like, cool, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, so some of the, the, the real big thing, the, the biggest thing about Gen 4, and the one thing that I think is the most important aspect of Gen 4 is the fact that it, it ushered in the split in moves between physical and special. That is... Maybe it seems like a minor tweak, but that is such a major, major change that essentially, I want to say, fixed the game in a lot of sense. If you look at before, before this, moves were either physical or special depending on their type. So, for example, all normal type moves were physical. All water type moves were special. Blair says Gen 3 Absol wishes it was a Gen 4 Absol. Yes, it does. The, all, the, the one that I always go to when I talk about this is Gyarados. Gyarados has a fantastic attack stat and a really bad special attack stat. But it's a water Pokemon, so you want to give it a water move. But its water moves sucked before Gen 4, because its special stat is awful. So this this seemingly not... Like, this change really was, like, one of the best mechanic changes that they made ever. And I will, I will vouch for that until the end of time. Um... It added such an element to the game. It, just, it made the game. It, it made the game a lot better. So that is the one thing that 
that Gen 4 can hang its hat on. If you're a Gen 4 fan, okay. I'll give it to you on the fact if, if your selling point is because of the physical special split, I'm on board. I'm on board. Uh, let's see here. Um, <clears throat> Flair says Gen 4 was a weak generation for games. Platinum made some good ground, changed up the story a little bit as well. Yeah, I just don't remember enough about it. And again, a lot of it for me is recency bias. So, you know, by and large, Gen 4 is the not counting the remakes because I played those fairly recently, but before the remakes came out, I had played Gen 4 further back than any other generation. Like, because I, between remakes and other playthroughs of stuff, Gen 4 was furthest back in my mind. So I remembered less about Gen 4 than I did about other things. So I don't remember much about the story. Uh, I didn't remember much about the differences that Platinum brought. And I definitely didn't look it up for this. Because I just don't care about Gen 4 that much. Uh, Super Famous Guy says, Diamond and Pearl had really bad Pokedexes. Um... Yeah, I won't argue with that. And we'll actually you'll actually kind of see that when I go through my top five. Um, let's see. Flair Flair says pre gen four Gyarados is for spamming hyper beam. Kinda, yeah. And Super Famous Guy says, uh, your only fire type was Chimchar until after like two gyms. Flair Flair says this is true for most of the games, actually. Yeah. Which is weird. You would think fire would kind of be more of a prevalent type since it's kind of it's one of the three starter types. But it's the least prevalent of the starter types. Which is weird. You would think there would be more, but anyway. So, um, getting down to the starters, um, this was like a whatever starter group for me, uh, but I went with Torterra first. Again, there's the grass type. And I, I don't know, Torterra's fine. Not my favorite grass starter, but it's fine. And then I went Infernape 2 and Polion 3. I want to like Empoleon, but I just don't. There's something about it bothers me. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of it. And Infernape, I actually don't. I actually think the design is fine. Again, I know it's it, there's the firefighting starter meme that Infernape falls into, but I don't know. I think Infernape is fine, but Torterra tops it for me. Flair says I think Litleo is the only early fire type there is. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Flair says Torterra is the best Pokemon from Gen 4. Just overall best Pokemon. Interesting. It didn't make my top 5, but followed closely by Luxray. I like Luxray a lot. It also didn't make my top 5. Uh, Super Fantasy, you can get Ponyta Arcanine easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the exceptions, I think, too. Um, so, the ones that did make my top 5 for Gen 4, and again, I had a, a Hell of a time coming up with a top five for this. And it's going to be interesting when you go through and you see the five that I included. Four and five to me were like kind of throw-ins at the last second when I was like, I really can't come up with five. But I kind of like their design. One of them I've actually used a lot more in battle than the other. But we'll start with five. And I put Magmortar. Um, I almost put Rhyperior here. I actually just kind of, I kind of like the design of Magmortar. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the cannon arm thing. I don't know. I don't use it very often, but I kind of like it. Uh, four is Electivire. Go figure. I put Electivire and Magma Mortar here together. Um, 
I do like actually like Electivire a lot. Uh, funny story, I actually at one point named uh, one of my main characters on City of Heroes Electivire until I realized I hated the fact that I named one of my City of Heroes characters after a Pokemon and changed it. But um, yeah, I, I kind of li- I like Electivire. Um, got much better with Motor Drive, and I don't know. It, it, Electivire actually for a long time was one of my favorite Electro types. Uh, in the three spot, I put Lucario, and I know a lot of people really like Lucario. I put it in here because one of the things I like about Lucario is it's very versatile. Uh, a super famous guy says, "Me, yes, I know you like Lucario." Lucario is very versatile. You can do a lot of different things with it. You can go physical. You can go special. Um, it's, I think his design is pretty cool. Um, it's popular, so. It's, I usually don't like to include super popular ones, but Lucario is pretty cool. I don't know. It, it's on my, It makes my list. Number two I put here uh, primarily because for a long time I used to use it on a lot of my teams. I just like it. Hippowdon. Go figure. I like a tanky Pokemon, but I like Hippowdon quite a bit. I don't use it as much as I used to. But Hippowdon to me was always fun. It was a good, it was a good lead. You know, you, you get sand going. It, you, it gets access to stealth rocks. It's pretty bulky. You can do some fun stuff with it. So I'm a fan of Hippowdon. And then my number one Gen Four Pokemon, which I know will probably would probably not make a lot of people's lists, is Roserade. I actually really grew to like Roserade a lot. I want to say in Gen Six, I started using it a lot. I had a I had a shiny Roserade, which I was a fan of because it was green. It also had like the purple and pink flowers, which kind of fit my color aesthetic. But I really enjoy Roserade a lot. I know Zex has some PTSD with Roserade because his never would hit Sleep Powder, but I like Roserade. I think it's cool. Uh, um, one of the, actually one of the reasons that I really started using it, and it's funny, I actually, I named, sex says never, I named my Roserade Ion, actually, because it looks like it has a domino mask on, which reminds me of, of Green Lantern. So, I actually named it Ion in honor of Green Lantern. Um... So it also is affin- I have an affinity for Roserade. So I threw I added it. it. It makes my list again. I struggled. I struggled mightily with a top five of Gen Four Pokemon. I'm not a big fan of Gen Four. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Flair gives his list. Uh, says uh, Torterra one, Luxray two, Hippowdon three, Roserade four, Lucario five. All right, we have quite a bit of overlap there. That's if Lucario was green, it would be your number one. Listen, not all of my number ones are green, man. Come on. Let's no Garchomp. No, I I'm not a huge fan of Garchomp. Garchomp's like a great Pokemon competitively, don't get me wrong. But because everyone liked to use Garchomp so much, it made me not like it. That's how I am with a lot of things. If if something gets like it gets super overused, I start to dislike it. So, 
it knocks it down notches for me for it. But that's just me. Um. So yeah, Gen again, Gen Four. Not a huge fan. Um, the games are whatever. We'll get into more of Gen Four when we get to the remakes. But um, other things worth mentioning about Gen Four: Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Uh, those those games are again largely lauded by people. Um, and again, I think that's just because Gold and Silver were were good. And the remakes were just improved versions of Gold and Silver. So those games are very fun to go back to. Uh, if you Again, if you're a fan of Gen 2, you'll love those games. Because it's just those games updated with, you know, abilities and the split. And, you know, all the good stuff that had been added by Gen 4. And then I'm, uh, worth mentioning, too, is uh, Battle Revolution. Which was interesting. So... On my own, I never actually owned a Wii. I have one now, and I've never used it. My, it was my, my wife's Wii before we even met. It's actually sitting over here in our room, and it's actually it actually serves more as a um, a stand for a fan in here than an actual video game console. But um, yeah, I I did get to play Battle Revolution a bit uh, through others who had it, and. I was a paperweight kind of. I I actually liked Battle Revolution a lot. I was disappointed about some aspects of it, but I was excited that because we like we didn't I mean you could you could argue that like Colosseum and Gale of Darkness were kind of Gen 3's version of Stadium, even though they weren't, they were different. But I I wanted like a stadium type game back and we got that in battle revolution to a degree. Um, there was, there was some, there was some stuff about it that was like, whatever, but, um, that was one of the first times that I actually did online battling was in battle revolution against other people. So, Right, because that was a thing in that, wasn't it? I want to say it was. God, I hope it was, or else I'm making things up. But I, I kind of remember that. So, it kind of has that, that distinction to it, at least for me. And again, this was before I was like really getting into competitive battling. Like, I had my own like battle versions of Pokemon that I used and teams that I used, but like, they weren't good. They weren't good. I didn't know what I was doing at all because i just again i just didn't have people to battle against still to this point uh let's see here <clears throat> player says we itself didn't have too many good games i only own three wii games yeah i don't feel like i missed too much with the wii to be honest with you i don't i i don't feel like i i i missed a bunch so um super fans guy said that was his first console interesting showing showing your age <laughs> So yeah, so there's not much else really to talk about with Gen 4. It is what it is again. Biggest thing to ever come out of Gen 4 again was the the physical special split. Everything else was just it was there. It was a Pokemon generation that existed. Although other people love it. So whatever. Moving on to Generation 5. 
This is another. This is another weird one for me because again, it's it, it starts to get into that fuzzy point where it's been long enough since I've played it that I don't remember a lot of specifics about the games. Um, at least as far as like the story goes and certain things about it. So we're talking about black and white. And <laughs> Pignite. Pignite, super famous guys. Yeah, we'll we'll get to the starters. We'll get to the starters now. So I'm probably gonna catch some flack for this, especially with what I'm seeing in chat. I think overall the Gen 5 starters are the worst group of starters ever. I'm not a real fan of any of them. Not a one. So when I had to rank them, it was like, which one do I hate the least? And grass one out. Superior. I put superior one. Gen 4 starters take that crown for super famous guy? Uh, no. Because I think Infernape is fine. I think Torterra is good. And Empoleon is just not great. But I think across the board, like, if Superior didn't get contrary, I mean, what do we got? Nobody would use any of these. Nobody uses Embor. Nobody uses Samurott. And Superior only really gets used because there's the contrary gimmick set with it. So, I don't know. I think Superior's design is fine. Embor is okay, but it's not great. And I hate Samurott. I love Oshawott. I think Oshawott is is adorable. Samurott is a terribly designed Pokemon. So, and it's just not good. I mean, it's like I feel like I feel like it should be a rule that starter Pokemon should at least be decent, decently viable competitively. And like, Samurott's garbage. It makes no sense. What, the evolution between Oshawott and then up to Samurott? Kind of. But you can make that argument sometimes with a lot of them. Why did it go from two legs to four? I mean, a lot of them do that. Or they go the other way. They go from four to two. That's a, that's a, that's actually more of a complaint. A lot of times you hear people complain that so many things start four on four and they go to two. But this one went the other way. But again, whatever. I just, I just I'm not a fan of Samurott. So this is another one that I, I I did struggle to come up with a top five. Um, so working back from five, um, I threw Galvantula in as five. I know Flair kind of likes Galvantula, or at least he likes using it in battle. I don't know if he actually likes the Pokemon itself. Um, Galvantula is kind of fun. Its design's kind of cool. It's an interesting type, electric bug. Um, but it was like one of those I have to figure out a fifth, and I couldn't figure out a better idea than Galvantula. Uh, four, I put Crocodile. Um, I think Crocodile is kind of cool. I do. I do also kind of like dark Pokemon, so that's a thing that helps in my in its favor. Um, I mean, I I don't have like I'm not passionate about Crocodile, but it's cool. Three, uh, I threw Jellicent in, and the main reason I did is because I I did use it quite a bit competitively 
and I had some fun with it. It's one. Of, it's another one of those really annoying tanky Pokemon. So, I guess it's like a, a theme that I like annoying tanky Pokemon. But and which is funny because I don't I don't generally enjoy playing stall. So, go figure there. But um, I do kind of like Jellicent. Um, more specifically, I, I I had the I had a shiny male which is green. Go figure. Um, that I use a lot and I I, I had fun with that. Um, number two, I actually put a seismitoad, and it was interesting. Seismitoad came up in discussion dur um, on on the Ion Game Corner Discord recently when there was talk about Pokemon who um, become more useful or more popular because of the fact that they didn't include all of the Pokemon. And there's something to that, but I actually, I mean, I've kind of always liked Seismitoad. I just think it's kind of, it's kind of cool. So I, I, I don't have much more to say about it than that. I just, I like it. I kind of, I like its design. I think it's actually pretty useful in battle. There's uh, a couple different ways that you can build a Seismitoad, even though it, it's generally used more defensively, but, um, but yeah. And then my number one, and again, I struggled with this list, uh, and I put this one in just because it's a fun gimmick, is Zoroark. And I, for a long time, I kind of used Zoroark as like my de facto favorite dark type. And <clears throat> I don't know. There's some, there's some real fun things that you can do in the right team composition with a Zoroark. I mean, the, generally speaking, um, the the jig is up with it pretty quickly because either it gets hit or it uses a move that the Pokemon that's disguised that doesn't get. And one this is this is also funny. So one of the things with me is for a long time when I'm when I was building Pokemon, if a Pokemon had a signature move, I felt like I had to include it on its move set because it's a signature move for that Pokemon, so it needs to be included. So I would always put Dark Haze on Zoroark. Which would immediately give away the fact that it's a Zoroark. But I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing it. Uh, so so there's that. Uh, let's get up, caught up with uh, chat. Super famous guy is still giving me grief about uh, green affinity. Uh, Flair says, probably the first generation that actually loved the box legendaries. Um, I think they look fine. I'm not the biggest fan of Zekrom and Reshiram. To be honest with you, super famous guy actually bringing up a good point about the Gen Three. Uh, I think Kyogre and Groudon are pretty sweet overall. I think, I think if we're talking purely box legendaries, because you have to, you have to think that. Oh, now you know what? I'm gonna go Gen Two for me. I really like Lugia and Ho Oh, but I think Gen Three is way up there on the list too. I don't know. I'm actually usually not a big fan of the box legends, to be honest with you. We didn't rank. We didn't. We didn't go through them each. But so there wasn't any in Gen One. Gen Two was Lugia and Ho. I like. Gen Three is Kyogre and Groudon, which are cool. Four is Palka and Dialga, which I could care less about. I think I don't. I think they're actually both kind of hideous looking. Um, Gen 5 is Reshiram and Zekrom, Zekrom, which I think are fine. 
Uh, I'm not like super big fan of them, but they're fine. Um, I think I think starting with Gen Four is where the box legendary started to get too weird for me. And this was another thing I think that came up during the Let's Talk About X episode with Trash was that um, Pokemon. Like one of the big knocks about Digimon is that the the Digimon designs are too busy often and they just try and do too much. And Pokemon are a lot simpler usually, except for the legendaries. Sometimes the legendaries are just these really like wacky things and it's like do less. Do less and they would be better. Like I like so my some of my favorite legendaries are the ones that are like simpler. Like I love I love Articuno, Moltres, and Zapdos. I think they're, by and large, design-wise, very simplistic designs. I like them. But when you start to get to these the box ones, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of some of them. Um, we'll, we'll, and we'll touch on the box ones as we go along, I guess. We'll, we'll remember to mention those. Um, let's see here. Uh, Super Phoenix, I like the new ones in, in Arceus. Uh, you're talking about the 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 whatever versions of Dialga and Palkia. I actually hated them. I hated them. I thought they were hideous. So there we go. Different, different, different folks for different strokes, or the other way around. I said that wrong. Different strokes for different folks. Um. Not a fan, but again, teach their own. Some people like the, that kind of stuff. I'm, I, I again, I, I kind of appreciate simplicity. I'm a simple man, I guess. So yeah, so those that was kind of my list for top five. Um, big things in Gen Five. I'm gonna shed a tear. Triple battles and rotation battles, especially triple battles. I loved triple battles. I was so sad when they removed triple battles. Rotation battles were okay. I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of triple battles, but I didn't hate them. Triple battles, oh my god. That was the stuff there, man. Three Pokémon aside, strategy, you haven't once played a triple battle? Oh my god, what's wrong with you? Go go back to when was the last time? Gen 7, right? They were in Sun and Moon, weren't they? Go back and play some triple battles. Oh, they're great. You had strategy involved because um, only certain moves could hit all the way across. So if you had your Pokemon on... It's, it's going to look weird because on the left side... I'm going to try and do it on screen. On your left, you could only hit the opposing Pokemon on the left of their formation... Or in the middle. I'm doing this wrong. But anyway, you get the gist. For the people on Spotify who are like, what the hell is he doing? Um, so, you could only hit the Pokemon either directly across or one spot over. The middle Pokemon could hit all three. So, if you were, your left Pokemon couldn't hit the right Pokemon. Is it, on, is it in Showdown? I mean, it had to be. I'm the wrong person to ask about Showdown. I don't play Showdown. It, there were no triple battles in Showdown. Oh, I you know what? That shouldn't surprise me. That shouldn't surprise me because Smogin doesn't do, never did triple battles as far as I know. So that shouldn't surprise me at all. 
Um, anyway, so like certain moves, like most flying type moves, could hit all the way across. So your left Pokemon can hit the one on the right. Um, and like if you had a, a a middle Pokemon that had a spread move, it would hit all three. Whereas like like Rock Slide. If your middle Pokemon used Rock Slide, it would hit all three. It would also split the damage up amongst three rather than like two. But like your left Pokemon and your right Pokemon would only hit the one across and the one in the middle. So there was a lot of strategy involved in positioning your Pokemon. You could actually swap positions, use your turn to swap two Pokemon with the with the one next to it. Um, there was a lot of fun stuff with it. And this, so this this is where I get to uh, do the callback to Espeon. I used Espeon as my anchor Pokemon in triple battles for a long time for two reasons. One, my I had the one that I used a lot had, had dual screen, so it had reflecting light screen. So it was really cool because it would set up for the sub screens for the, for the team. And it also had magic bounce. And when me, when you would when you would actually go and do like random battles online, because um, triple battles was the one place you could go on the battle spot and actually do a legit six v six, because singles would always be three v three, doubles would be four to four, four v four, triples would be six v six. So if you wanted to do a six v six battle, you would do a triple battle. So you could actually go online and find random people on the battle spot to do triple battles. I would say probably 75% of people you would battle would bring Darkrai because there weren't, you know, there weren't limits on what you could bring. They would bring Darkrai, they would put him in the middle, and they would Dark Void because it would put all three opposing Pokemon to sleep. I would have Espeon there, it would bounce the Dark Void back at all three of their Pokemon, and it would have a chance to put all three of their Pokemon to sleep. And without fail, I would say 99% success rate. When that Dark Void got bounced back and all three of the opposing Pokemon went to sleep, they would immediately quit. Which would always make me laugh so hard because it's like, oh, so it's okay. It's okay for all three of my Pokemon to be asleep. But if all three of yours go to sleep, that's grounds to quit the game. So I used to I used to get no end of joy in doing that. It was it was the best. It was the best. But yes, I loved I loved, 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 loved my triple battles. When I would do packs Pokemon Gym Leader, I would do triple battles. My gym would be a triple battle gym. And it would throw so many people off. Because most people would do singles. Some people would be at least a little familiar with doubles. Nobody was familiar with triples. It was great. It was amazing. I loved it. It was so good. So yeah, so I was I was very, very sad when they removed triple battles from the game. I don't know why they did. You would think on the Switch it should be able to handle it. I keep hoping upon hope that they'll bring it back sometime, but I'm I'm not gonna hold my breath. Because at this point, it seems they're more interested in taking things out than adding things in. So, I don't know. Sad. Very, very sad. 
So I shed a tear for triple battles, but one of my one of my favorite things that were ever added to the game. Um, another thing, actually, an interesting thing worth mentioning from Gen Five was um, the addition of the Dream World and hidden abilities. They were kind of went hand in hand, but the Dream World was a very interesting thing. If you're not familiar with the Dream World, what it was is you would actually log on to the website. And there were these like mini games and stuff that you would do. And then at the end of the little thing that you would do, you would get a chance to catch a Pokemon or you would get a Pokemon that you could befriend. And if you befriended the Pokemon, you could then transfer it to your game. And at the time, it was the only way to get Pokemon with their hidden ability. Like there was a chance for the Pokemon to have a, a hidden ability. And that it was, and I think you were limited. Like it was once every every twenty four hours, you could access the website and get a Pokemon this way. So I, it became a daily thing for me. I would go on and I would try try and get all of the different hidden ability Pokemon. And it was like, like the mini games were whatever. Like they were not great. They were not. They were not that fun. But, um. But yeah, it was like you you could you would encounter like a few different Pokemon on your little journey into wherever you went, and then um, you could choose one to befriend that you had met on the way, and then send that one to your game. So it was interesting, but it but it was it was the advent of hidden abilities, which um, became a big thing, and are you know still still a big still a big part of the game now. So it was a, an interesting thing, but. Um, one of the first times that there was like an extra out of game connectivity thing that I actually got me to do it, and it was it was just for the fact of being able to collect the hidden abilities. Um, they became big thing for your espion. Yes, it was. Um, it became um, it was it ended up becoming a lot easier to get them with um, black and black two and white two. Um, they included the um, the hidden grottos. Where you could find hidden ability Pokemon, um, so that helps with some of that too. Um, and black and white, black two and white two were actually very interesting because they were like the first legit sequels. So like, I mean, I guess Gold, Silver, and Crystal there were references to the Team Rocket stuff, like just were like, oh, Team Rocket, blah blah blah, from the first games. But these were legit. You know, what was it like? Supposed to be like what, couple like two to three years after the events of the original. So, um, and they were it was in the same region. Some changes made over the course of the actual time between the games. So it was interesting. And um, one other thing that I wanted to mention about Gen Five that I I I really enjoyed, and I don't know if I would enjoy it as much now, just because. There was less, there's like, I don't know, I I have more avenues to battle other than having to do AI battles. Was the Pokemon World Tournament. That was one of my favorite features. You know, if you, if you don't remember, the Pokemon World Tournament is, you would go, it was in, I think it was in, was it Driftvale City in the game? And... It was like a it was a tournament and there was 
gym leaders from all of the previous Pokemon games that you could battle against in like this in it was like a it was a single elimination tournament. You do as many times as you want, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun. So it's one of the things I wouldn't mind seeing them bring back that kind of thing. But again, I don't know how much I would use it as much because, like I said, I'm not as reliant on battling the AI as I once was. Um, maybe I'm also thinking of that too because the the Gen Eight Battle Tower was atrocious. Which maybe I, I didn't even think of that when I was going through stuff, but because I I think I I actually did a lot of like Battle Tree in Gen Seven, but yeah, Battle Tower in Gen Eight is really bad. But we'll, we'll maybe we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um. So yeah. So that's I think that's pretty much all the major points on Gen Five. All right, there you go. That was part one of our Pokemon retrospective. I mean, we covered. Generations 1 through 5 on this episode, and so we're going to split this up, and we'll have the, the rest of it, starting with Gen 6 up until present, on the next episode. So, not much more to get to here. Uh, we'll just, before we, uh, before we wrap, as always, we like to let you know that if you want to catch any of my live streams, you can catch me at twitch.tv slash Aretheus. I stream, generally speaking... Four days a week. I've uh, been doing a lot of City of Heroes. We're going to be taking a little bit of a departure into that as we're listening, as you're listening to this. Um, if it's you know close to release date, uh, we're going to be doing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet now that they're going to be coming out, and then uh, we'll also sprinkle back in some City of Heroes uh, and some other stuff. But it's been been the primary game for me for the last couple of months. It's been mostly what I've been playing. So uh, if you're into that, then hopefully you uh, come join in. And if you're into Pokemon, if you listen to this, you might be into Pokemon. So uh, come come join me for the uh, playthrough of Scarlet and Violet. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, you can also catch me on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Aretheus or at Aretheus on Twitter. <clears throat> uh, mostly I just, I don't post a ton on Twitter. It's mostly just, you know, kind of when I'm going live and other stuff like that. Every now and again, I might have something that I think is important enough to put on Twitter. I'm just, I've never been that person who can just, you know, just randomly spout things out on twitter everything thought that goes through my head uh, maybe i need to get better at that if i want to do this whole social media thing but for for now if it's a good way for you to keep track of what's going on on my stream and when i'm going live and then uh, you can also join me on the ion game corner discord server we have our content creator friends doing a lot of fun stuff mostly on twitch some youtube stuff as well uh, we have the occasional gaming group that goes on from time to time also, every Wednesday night, uh, if you're into pro wrestling, and some of you who listen to the podcast might be because I've done some wrestling stuff on here, uh, Zexios hosts an AEW Dynamite watch party on Discord. He gets a few people together, and they all watch Dynamite together um, on voice chat. So it's, uh, it's a fun time. So if you're into that, you might want to check that out. But yeah, come join us. It's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. The uh, link is on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify, um, it'll be in the description, and you can get to it from there. So that's it for this episode of the Arena of Aretheus. Thank you for listening to part one of the Pokemon Retrospective. And hopefully you'll uh, join us for part two. Coming soon. Very soon. Like right after this. It should be up the same day. So tune in on the next episode of the Arena of Aretheus. <laughs>